And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive on a space station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stalker. He's totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Mario drama queen. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law crack. Where I have been, damn it. Hey, <laughs> Jeffrey Sinclair. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. And we know that IKEA survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jack Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Well, it's just us today. We had a guest lined up. Hopefully we can get him back later. I think there is some confusion about the time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're all back together. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, it's, and recording. And, yeah, and recording. So, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Hopefully we can get two in a row <laughs> since we lost two in a row. <laughs> Um, yeah, today we're... Three in a row, three lost. Yeah, actually, yeah, three episodes, three Babylon 5 episodes. Yeah, yeah. there's two in one. We had a long call for the two, the two one. I think it was like a three hour call. (laughs) It was pretty long. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I wonder if I still, it's just me, I mean, it's just me talking and laughing about, I I like skip, (laughs) I'd skip to like a random section of the podcast and it's just me laughing maniacally but you can't you don't know what I'm laughing at (laughs) (laughs) so today we are here to discuss episode 13 of season 5 the core is mother the core is father but first an ISN special report this is ISN Psychor special news broadcasting secretly on an unknown frequency from the mothership. This week, once again, Babylon 5 is causing trouble, this time as a hideout for a renegade telepath murderer. This sadly disturbed individual was apprehended by none other than Alfred Bester, star psychop. Ably assisted this time by two rising stars within the Psychop training regime. Sadly, one was killed by a mundane accomplice, who has since been dealt with in the usual manner. Please remember not to talk of this to any mundanes. The core is mother, the core is father. Trust in the core. It was the dawn of the third age of comics, 15 years after the rise of the Comics Code Authority. The Bronze Age was a dream given form. Its goal? To portray superheroes in a way that was socially relevant by tackling real-world issues. It's a catch-all, a place to explore monsters, demons, gunslingers, gods, and superheroes alike. Writers and artists wrapped in house styles of sophisticated realism, creating the stuff of legends. There is no assurance of quality, but it's our last best hope for comic books. This is a retrospective of the true golden age. The year is 1970. The name of the podcast, Uncovering the Bronze Age. Tune into our feed for regular content at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com. 
also home to the Quarterbin Podcast and the Short Box Showcase. The Core is Mother, The Core is Father originally aired April 15, 1998. This was the last episode for about six weeks, I guess, because of the NBA playoffs or something. I think they were going to um, hold all episodes after this until the fall, but they ended up working something out with TNT. So there's a few more before they go on a break. Huh. Yeah, so, um, um, I it, it's really weird, isn't it? The the whole schedule B five has been on all yeah. throughout its run. Summer starting the winter, summer break, finish fall, winter. Stop halfway through the series, break for six <laughs> months. Yeah, it, it's like they're um, on the constant repeat of the last season of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this episode was directed by Stephen First, our own Veer. Wow, where is Veer in the story? Yeah. Well, you don't get any um, main character aliens in this. You just yeah. get bit part players. All of his so when was the last time we saw Veer? Uh, oh, it very been a while ago. He directed the deconstruction of Falling Stars and the one where the reporters come. So all of his episodes are ones that take place from outside of the main cast from the point of view of okay. the main cast. Yeah. I mean, the other episode this season that takes place from outside the main cast perspective is the one that always sticks in my mind, but yeah, this yeah. one is this one I think is better. They've done a better job because we know these characters well, we know better, we know of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the other one? The the side um, rebellion or whatever? No, uh, the, the one with the um, maintenance workers. Yeah, where it was just like two random oh. people that we kept seeing. Yeah, the aliens right. were attacking the station or something. The really bad Zeppo episode. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so Beth, this had to either be like one of your favorite episodes or your least favorite episodes because <laughs> it's like about the psychor, but it's heavily bester. I know, I know. It's like wait, everyone, a good thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. It's pretty. It's pretty cool though. I like you know seeing that stuff. So. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is written by JMS, and now it's time for the recap. <laughs> um, so we start with Bester meeting two new interns who just came taking care of something in New Orleans. Yeah, this takes place on, uh, I think they actually say it's in Geneva. Psycho the... headquarters, yeah. maybe, yeah. Yeah, Psycho headquarters. We really need, like, a another like note noticeable or notable side that we can also see because we just really have bester good one well we've got lita but she's on babylon 5. sorry a psychore person psychore person yeah 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 we do really because we had that one guy in season one we should we should have seen a bit more of him oh you have to read that book with talia on the cover to see more of him <laughs> than that God. oh although i really i really do I uh, haven't read it in years, but I definitely recommend the Cycle Trilogy of Books. They're yeah, didn't good. somebody send us, like, a, um, a an online yeah, version of them or PDFs, something? PDFs, I think, or something. No, those were comics. Those were uh, not the novels. Oh, novels. they're comics, are they? So somebody sent us, yeah, Erica, I think it was Erica, sent us a whole bunch of comics, but not the novels. Nice. They might be worth going through at a later point, but 
Maybe not do a podcast on them. Yeah. <laughs> so these new interns, one is Lauren Ashley, played by Dana Barron. She looks familiar, but I couldn't yeah. find her. Anything. Was she like now to an O or Melrose Place or I something? Think she was on one of those shows. I didn't. I hadn't seen them. Probably. She. <laughs> she had very nineties hair. <laughs> yeah. She had a booth on, but definitely. Yeah. The other is Chin Hikaru, played by Reggie Lee. If you watch Grimm on NBC, he plays Sergeant Wu. Nobody recognizes him. Familiar. Yes, yeah. that's. I was actually gonna look him up. I was like, I recognize him from somewhere. He's so young here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know him from Drag Me to Hell as well. I think that's where I first saw him. I've seen Drag Me to Hell, but I think I've seen him on multiple things. So yeah, he's in a lot. Um, I'm gonna have to look them up because I know that that girl. She's think, really annoying. I think I did see that she was on like 90210 or some Merrill's place or something like that. But, okay. Um, so they're eager little interns. <laughs> happy to God, be there. So eager. <laughs> Although as we go around the place, what did you make of the set dressing of these Obey. really <laughs> obvious signs? Yeah, the Obey. Oh my God, uh, Obey. Yeah, that was the worst one. It's like, that's not very subtle at all. I know. It's really, it's threatening. Like, the other ones, you could be like, okay, you know, they're really trying to get us to bond. The obey one, it just throws you off. Because <laughs> like, they had the Korra's mother, the Korra's father, and a few places, and then in that guy's quarters, they had obey. And I don't remember the other one, but it was, yeah. it was vaguely, like, you know, like, well, could be innocuous. Trust and stuff like that. Yeah, but... right. And of course, they started talking about Babylon 5 and how things really aren't great for them on Babylon 5 and how it's just really not worth for, worth it for them to go there unless there's an emergency. And not everything's about Babylon 5, but of course, you cut to a guy in his room talking to himself yeah. and reading a Babcom flyer. And there's a dead guy in the room. The guy talking to himself is Jonathan Harris, played by Dex Elliott Sanders. The character's name was, uh, he was named after a raffle winner. His name in. Oh, really? How funny. Yeah. I, I almost think it's a trend now, you know, fans who win any sort of competition on any show tend to be portrayed as either murderers or murder victims. <laughs> what I like is, um, I remember back when I was listening to Shoe Podcast, I know some of the, like, Derek and Steve and some of the listeners got their names in comic books. Yes. Like, yeah, like... Yeah. I, re- I remember that. Blossom and Russell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, um... I think they even had a term that ended up in the show. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah. Oh. Mole? Uh, Mole, Mole that's yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> huh. That's awesome. Guys, she played the daughter... Audrey in National Lampoon's Vacation. The original. Oh, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and nine episodes of Beverly Hills now to an L, so. Okay. She did have that Beverly Hills look to her. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get telepaths from every walk of life. Um, <laughs> 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 you imagine like a kind of a, a stereotypical valley girl telepath. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah, so Bester and the interns go and watch some people do scan and counter exercises. Which I'm so always- is this before or after the credits? Which- after the credits. Alright, oh, because they do a little thing there. They could have done more with changing the credits, but at least they put the um, cycle symbol on the main place where uh, 
you know, the B5 symbol usually goes. No, they do. I didn't even notice that. I have passed forward yeah. to the credits. All <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I'm yeah. usually writing notes and stuff during the credits now, but okay. Okay. But yeah, they, the uh, Psychor symbol and the li- a little moniker of Trust the Core goes up where the Babylon 5 crest usually goes. Yeah. Oh. I'm glad with this uh, exercise they were doing, they gave us some visual, even if it looked kind of odd or lame looking. Watching I don't people's... know, because... Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, watching people stare at each other would have been kind of boring. <laughs> That's all we were doing. They gave us some kind uh, of visual. I don't know about you, though, because I, I had hints of kind of Vorlon going on there with the tentacles. Uh, and very Vorlon color and very Vorlon aesthetic. Well, can you explain again what they were doing? They were trying to hold off a scan? Or they were yeah. trying to scan? Uh, one was, I think they were taking turns doing... Yeah, that. they were taking turns. One person was scanning, the other one's holding off the scan. And then they would yeah. take turns. Yeah. And then he was saying, and she said, you know, why an hour? And he said, because nobody can withstand 45 minutes of... of being scanned? Yeah. Yeah. I, I so how are they practicing for an hour? Well, just in case, you know, just in case um, there's a bit of leeway there and he might be wrong and, you know, maybe someone can last um, an hour. But they're they're practicing an hour, so obviously they can. With training, if if with training you can last an hour, then you can beat someone who doesn't have any training quite well okay with, it just without getting exor- exhausted if you only train for 45 minutes and someone could last 45 minutes then you'd be exhausted as well as your opponent but if you've got energy in the you know energy still to last you're in a better position than your opponent right but they're but they're practicing against somebody and the other person is presumably trying to hold them off for an hour but then when they go insane um, no, they're saying people without training would. But if you have oh. training, you're okay. Okay, I guess. It's so weird. Mm. Uh, I, I, I see a problem, but yeah, just, for me, they just about scraped it with dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys ever watch that movie, Psycho Beach Party? No. <laughs> no? Okay, well, it's really a lot of fun. It has... Nicholas Brendan, Lauren Ambrose, and all that. Anyways, Reggie Lee played a dancer in that movie. Um, <laughs> I put that in my to-watch list. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. It's just this weird, odd movie. Um, it's just crazy. It's a spoof of, like, 1960s beach movies. Or, oh, yeah. You nice. know, like, Gidget. Um, but then there's, like, murders, so... Anyway. I see the box cover. There's like a dead, a severed hand on the beach. <laughs> um, it reminds me, I was, supposed, I was supposed to watch House of D. That's intro to X. I would watch that and report back to Um That's a David Duchovny movie. House of D? Yeah. I think he <laughs> wrote it or directed it or something and starred in it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a porn. It could be a porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So, Bester tells him their job is to hunt down rogue telepaths, but, you know, these people are family, so, you know, ruthlessness is a last resort. <sighs> he cares about telepaths. Maybe. Is this, like, the last two episodes? Are we getting, like, gaslighted about Be- Bester? Because I feel like he wasn't like that before. Like, I, I don't know why, and I can't 
have any memory about details anymore, but I feel like he was killing telepaths before. Was he not? He, I mean, he's always he their protested. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, didn't they kill Talia when after they took her away? They like dissected her. They they said Talia was dissected, but okay, they, but and presumably sure she was because we're not seeing her again. Um, well, not necessarily. It's just she might be out. You know, she might be a good little um, you know, telepath now working for the cycle, even though I, she's bitch. I guess we could we could make our own be like. <laughs> realities, but I think that's what they wanted us to think. Otherwise, why why go with that narrative? I don't know. Well, no, Besta said that. I but, know, but right. I mean, if the show wanted us to think he was lying, they would have given us some indication that he was lying, no? Well, Susan did. When when he said that, Susan said uh, to Garibaldi, don't let it bother you, he's trying to get a raise out of you. As in, this might be a complete lie. I don't know. I came. I came back from it thinking that like she really was killed. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And and why would he? I've never broke it. What? Because I've never believed him when he said mm. that. I thought that I, maybe I always... Talia was. I can't remember what the wording was, but I thought maybe you know like Talia was killed, but there's like a new personality there or something. Yeah, I believed the new personality was running around. You know, the um, evil personality. Italia Winter. Because, mm. no, I mean, I was going to hold off on this, but I definitely have my theory that she's alive out there and she's kind of, at some point in the future after something happens, she um, has an encounter with Lita and with Garibaldi, who's managed to get a hold of um, Koshi's files through Lita, you know, or Lita has one or the other, and they were able to re um repair her later because that was the whole plan of Koshi's to begin with. Bestish hinted that she was dissected. Whether this is truth or an attempt to anger her friends is left ambiguous. It's said on the net so it must be uh <laughs> I don't know. So uh, well, what does dissected mean? Like physically dissected or maybe dissected? Uh, it could be either. And um, yeah, so we don't know. But essentially here, um, I think we've seen Bester before say he cares about telepaths. I I think he cares for telepaths in the core who are kind of following the rules of the cycle and kind of are his family and, you know, he can kind of control because he's high enough up that, you know, when that war happens between the telepaths and the mundanes, he'll be in charge. Yeah, and I mean, he he's participated in, like, experiments on telepaths and things like that. Um, right? I mean, well, Talia, but also, was it, what about that guy, you know, that was naked in space, you know? The, the, no, the guy Mark. that gave Talia her powers. Yeah. Um, wasn't there. he a bit terrified and running from... The cycle, he was running for the cycle, but not necessarily Besser, because... Yeah, but Besser is the cycle. I mean, Besser is part of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, he's our only face of it, right? So... Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. Hmm. And I, I, experimented I, upon, right? I can see a problem, yeah, but in Besser's head, he believes what he's saying, but what he's doing doesn't back up what he's saying. I mean, I guess it's this whole idea of 
you know, for the good of the size, yeah. you know. Yeah. Essentially, that's what Bester believes. He thinks he's doing stuff for the greater good. Yeah. I don't like uh, that guy. Uh, Bester takes his interns to see a video. There's a guy named Gordon on the video. Oh. It used to be a blip. <laughs> this video. Yeah. How does... Would, how would anyone believe this video? I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> Here, put a wig on this guy. And yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, did you know? Statistic, statistic, statistic. This must be true. Oh, because they stopped it, like, two seconds in. <laughs> I can... I can that works in most campaign ads, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe a fact checker. <laughs> um, so yeah, somebody comes in and gets Bester, and they go see that uh, dead body from earlier. Um, apparently, it was a student of Bester's, and the cause of death was blunt force trauma. So whoever did, I think it was someone who buckled under training. I guess they suspected it was the roommate, or maybe later they suspected it's the roommate. And Bester's being assigned because this guy is a P10, and the victim was close to Bester, so. And then Bester goes and acts all nice. The lady who found the victim, girlfriend, I guess, uh, they're going to go to the concert together that night. Wait, who? Oh, the girlfriend of the, the guy that got killed? The victim, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, uh, okay. I mean, we'll get to it in a bit, but apparently the concert that's on tonight is either really a really big deal or it's the only entertainment available. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if like it was like a silent concert, like yeah. only sides could hear it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just sitting there silently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know, it was like if you were like a really bad singer, could you be like a better singer telepathically or would your voice be the same? Mm, I guess uh, it would depend on if you can in your brain change the way you your voices, you know. Or if you believe you, you that you sing better than you actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my head, I can sing. Perfect head pitch. <laughs> mm. So Lauren goes to Bester's room because she just couldn't focus on the music. God, Lauren. I don't, I don't know if it was the writing or what, but this is character, <gasps> I swear. Uh, yeah. This was just weird. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. She wanted. It's that whole thing, though, of, you know, being attracted to power. She wanted Bester's D, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I did zone out during part of this because uh, they were talking about it was easier to see dead mundanes or telepaths or something. I guess this yeah. is super creepy. Like, this is, this is like really like, Dating, you know, stuff that they've been kind of talking about here and there. Yeah. Over well, the course well, of the, the series. Well, the casualness in which they talk about um, death or the cycle is kind of, yeah, mundane, it doesn't matter if they die. Rogue telepaths, yeah, that's harder if I see them die, but, uh, but someone who's part of the core who best it considers an innocent, that's going to be hard. Yeah, I like how he talks about, um, it's so ironic that he talks about, like, mundane as being violent and horrible. And then, like, last week, we saw this huge sigh battle where all these people died. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, I think humans are humans. We're all kind of... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Not just, but, not uh, just mundane. It's also, this is an impressionable young woman that you want to start believing the same things you do so 
You're going to skirt over the awkward, messy parts uh, of what's actually going on and just present the best face possible. I don't really like the phrase impressionably young woman, I'm sorry. Nobody ever says impressionably young man. I know what you mean, actually. You're completely right. Um, But it's kind of, it's the way he sees her anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the, um, giving her the sort of yeah one-sided view um, I mean, I mean, that's probably what he really thinks too. It's not like, I mean, it's not like he's just saying this and he doesn't believe it. I think he does believe it, but but he's not yeah. telling her the whole truth. And to be fair, I think he considers um, Chen naive and impressionable as well. But he sure, is the mean, word yeah. in the room trying to trust right. him up. Yeah, which so, would have been nice to see. Which would have been, yeah, would have been a different perspective yeah, yeah he's operating to give him a back rub and all that yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah um yeah he wants to she wants to stay with him that night he says no thanks thank you <laughs> so, anyway, so remind me that woman that was that he loved or whatever blah. um that was yeah. his uh he was cheating on his wife with her yeah, yeah. or okay okay so he was joking but he wasn't joking when he made right. that joke about okay, yeah, because yeah. they don't marry for love. Well, a lot of them, I guess, don't marry for they marry for to create in the past. Right, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that guy Harris, he booked. A tr- they find out that he booked a transport to Babylon Five, and he has training and interrogation. And so Bester and his team are going there, and they say some more bad stuff about mundanes. Um. But Bester's like I was trying to figure this out. Like, how long did it take them to find that body? It could have been that long. No, it shouldn't have been. That long. No, but he had already been. booked and gotten out of the of the planet, and then by the time they got there, he had been there like two days. So presumably, it took him like two days to get there, maybe or one and a half mm. days, timeline wise. Still trying to figure out how long yeah, it takes to get to that spot. Yeah, he's probably still. I would guess maybe he's still on his way there uh, when they left. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder whether you know they have telepaths on airport security because that clearly would be well spaceport security. That would be make sense, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, but having random like having random brain scans of people. It's unethical. Hmm. They tell Bastard in secret that. Uh, Harris is a mind shredder. He trained in doing attack probes. He would rip your mind to pieces. And what is that? Like, what is the purpose of this? Having that, like, to go against other size? It must be. Oh. I don't know. I, well, actually, it wouldn't just be that. They would be training them to do that for the time the war comes. Mm-hmm. It's best to keep some harping on about... Uh, so... Maybe they should, if, if they're really plotting a war, maybe they should stop all living in the same place. Because <laughs> it seems like it'd be really easy to get rid of them. Well, they do have the secret base on Mars and the secret ships in hyperspace. Yeah, the secret ship of hyperspace, sure. The one, <laughs> the one ship. No, he says, just like all the others, okay. there's more than one. Yeah, well, we'll see if we ever get to see this four. I'm skeptical. <laughs> so Harris is gambling on Babylon 5. They they look like they, you know, they think they're going to take advantage of him. But we know. <laughs> we know better. 
But what was he playing blackjack? So presumably he had learned how to count cards from this other guy that he sucked the brain out of or something? He, uh, yeah, the impression I got is uh, he, he just rips the information from the other guy's mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I could rip anything from somebody's brain, I would learn to, like, speak foreign languages. I don't know, maybe learn how to do karate or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would be pretty simple. So <laughs> I wouldn't be, would be trying to gamble anything. And, of uh, course, because this is before uh, Matrix, he wouldn't have said anything like, Whoa, I know how to gamble! <laughs> um... Uh, yes. Uh, so they're on the mothership, are leaving the mothership. Yeah. Which stays in hyperspace as long as possible, which we've never heard of before now, for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, <laughs> Who knows what's in hyperspace? <laughs> There's a be lot there. of stuff. Oh, um, apparently a lot of things are hiding out in hyperspace. Remember the whole Vorlon fleet that was hiding out in hyperspace? Yeah. Yeah, it's crowded in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in hyperspace. <laughs> I bet somewhere Warren Keffer is still alive in hyperspace. Just he didn't die like we thought. <laughs> no, he didn't. I got in there. Is um, that the pilot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Season two, yeah. So Harry, uh, Zach greets Bester and the intern. Oh my god, Zach looks so tall compared to all of them. <laughs> yeah. He's towering over them. <laughs> yeah, Walter. Uh, it's the way it's shot as well, but at the same, it's just because we know what Zach's had to deal with this past year and it's just oh better again what yeah. now yeah it's um <laughs> Zester uh, uh Bester <laughs> says something uh, <laughs> telepathically it makes Lauren laugh I guess uh, Chin hear it yeah so he just said it to Lauren yeah whatever <laughs> um, it must have been hilarious though she laughed pretty hard I think yeah. she was faking it <laughs> <laughs> she wants to get in his pants. Uh, <laughs> but he would wouldn't he be able to tell if she was faking um <laughs> I guess he'd have to be trying to read her mind. So so some guy confronts Harris about cheating, asking for his money back, but he gets his mind shredded. Really, some some really bad makeup. Yeah, that was terrible. The eyes, yeah. Some guy that was watching them earlier, I guess he saw this. Then, uh, yeah, Sebester's talking to some drowsy guy who saw Harris come in two days ago. He's gonna call it in and tell the interns to wait by the door, but Chen wants to show Chen, some I swear. Well, you, you knew he was going to die as soon as he started doing stuff like this. <laughs> so he brings his, like, little fake card thing with him, I guess. He just keeps it on him at all times. It's, hmm. um, Even though they don't seem to use that type of security back on her. <laughs> but he used to get into the girl's dorm room, didn't he? <laughs> oh, Chan, you're gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, he's, they find a dead body inside. God, this guy has been, like, just killing everyone. Horrible. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know why, but I always had it in my head that when Chan goes in this room, he finds a dead body floating in a fish tank. <laughs> I, I don't know where that memory's come from, but... I don't yeah. know. Uh, Scream Queens last season, there was a head in a fish tank. That's all I can think of. They've been watching The Walking Dead lately. <laughs> and he screamed. He screamed. That was pretty funny. His head hit the floor right next to the head of the dead person. It was 
It was like a Goonies moment. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, one of my friends is moving to the, the Goonies Astoria. Oh, yeah? Oregon, yeah. I've never been. It must be yet. pretty. Weren't they talking about um, a Goonies sequel? I thought so. years ago. Uh, knows that'll ever happen. So, Zach is criticizing Bester, and uh, so this dead guy was a gambler. His identity card has been used since his death at the casino. So, they uh, figure out that Harris learned how to gamble, learned how to cheat at gambling, and then another body shows up. <laughs> Med Lab one. Hmm. Franklin says the brain cell. So, wait, sorry. <laughs> so, how did. The guy must have used his real ID to get on the station? Well, yeah, yeah, he must have done. So then, why won't the sidecar just call Babylon 5 and say, we're looking out for this guy, he's super dangerous? Send Lita in to apprehend him. Well, Lita. <laughs> no, she she'll fall in love with him. Hey. Oh. What is he saying about not giving the illusion that anything ever goes wrong with him. But then they have to come and chase him on the station. So yeah. they're going to find out anyways. Yeah, there's that. And as kept... I said, they know Lita's there. So it's just best to know Lita will be able to apprehend him. Yeah, it just seems like they could have coordinated it better. At least they could have kept an eye on him or I don't know, said, it, oh, it, we have a problem with your... I mean, it would have been kind of interesting having Lita in this episode. Of, uh, yes, we don't like one another, but this guy's a murderer. We need your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they trust Lita. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that. Uh, yeah, so Franklin says the guy's brain cells erupted from night. Um, but, you know, Bester said only a P-12 could have done that. That's this guy's a P-10. But, Since yeah. when can all, like, just P-12s do this? this? You have to be trained to do this, right? All yeah. P-12s can't just kill somebody like that, right? Yeah, he, no. he was trained in how to yeah do that. Okay, so... Well, he was trained how to kill people, but not necessarily the uh, the intensity that was being described, apparently. But I did like, you know, Franklin's reaction of, Oh, of course you've never made mistakes. Mm-hmm. But then train? he bashed the head in of the other guy, so... Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of uses different methods. Just curious He's about how to have train multiple personalities, to... so isn't he? What was you saying, Will? Sorry. I was just wondering how they train people to do that. Do they practice on someone? Oh, I know! They probably practice <laughs> on mundane! <laughs> yeah. yeah, they probably do, don't they? No, or animals or something. Ugh. Well, no, I, I could imagine them starting out with animals and then moving up to mundanes. They're like freaking serial killers! The worst. Oh. <laughs> so, um... They need to look at some of the other places that gambling's allowed, because he's probably too smart to go to the casino. And Bester also owns everything that was found in Harris's room. So then... So Chandler's wait, wait, question, question, question. How many personalities is he, is he supposed to have? I don't know if they well, ever say. they don't say no. We know of two distinct personalities, but Bester says there's more than two types of handwriting when they're mm-hmm. looking at the paper. Yes. So they... There's, there's probably more. Yeah. It seems like they could have figured this out at some point before this, but okay. That's what I was thinking. Like, it took them this long to... Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I would buy it if, you know, the alternate personality only showed up after they started um, the mind-probing exercises, you know, and 
the partner pro- prodded um, his brain too hard and this multiple personality showed up. That would work, but mm-hmm. they didn't. Doesn't have a trigger, yeah. Yeah, there's, there doesn't seem to be a trigger. Yeah. I feel like this is good in theory, but maybe not as good in execution. Hmm. Like, yeah. I, I like the idea, you know, of a Psy with multiple personalities, but it could have been done in a different way that would have been better. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. It is interesting mm-hmm. that, you know, it's different personalities had different ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they were, so they were all size, I guess. <laughs> what if there is a mundane in there and they tried to... <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Get rid of him! Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, ch- but, the, yeah, there's a P1 in there that just hardly gets to come out <laughs> right. at the time useless. because he's such a low rating. Yeah. Um... So Chin's looking around and talks to the bartender about something. I didn't hear because I had people moving furniture in, so I didn't hear what was being said. <laughs> Do you see any weird things that he's like, I saw a naked pack bra. The hump <laughs> on the back is not a hump. It's his... Uh, and then he said, he saw... What else did he see? Um, oh, I forgot. He said something else that he saw that was weird. Uh, and, and then for some reason, the guy runs out and needs to call Buster. I don't know why. Oh, no. I saw uh, the guy they were hunting is in the background. Oh, you saw him? Oh, I didn't. I yeah. missed that part. Yeah. So Chen mm. goes off to call Besta. Oh, he saw an alien that had, like, a like with a glass stomach and, like, a bunch of tentacles that had, like, a little bit of drink, and then he passed out for two hours and then wanted some more when he woke up. Yep. <laughs> well, well it, it's kind of... Chen just doesn't have any common sense here. It's you're in a shiny area of the station. Uh, it just seems dumb to send him out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he goes off on his own to make the phone call. He could have had a bit more sense and actually gone to a more secure part of the station. Could he not have had a bit more sense and put on non-psychor uniform clothes? There's that as well. And why don't um, Bester and the rest of them have personal communicators either? Right. Yeah, dumb. But it's it's done just so that the story can have Chen stabbed. Right. In the yeah. heart, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> if the heart is in the middle of his chest now. <laughs> sure. Um Yeah, yeah so yeah, apparently Chen gets he, he's not a walkabout, so he can't crawl himself to a Jeffrey's tube to save himself. Nope. Because apparently only Franklin's special like that. Franklin is special. Yeah, just a second. Well, uh, sorry, uh, guest is messaging me now. <laughs> Apparently, he says he got a, he said he got a call from Beth, but, you know, you're not contact, so check. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Skype is playing tricks on everyone. Ugh. Skype has multiple personalities, Elizabeth. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it probably does. Uh, hello. Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yes. yes, yes, we can't Hi, see this. a box though, but we can hear yeah, you. Scott, yeah, Heidi's here too, but she's not showing up as being in the call. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Skype's been strange today. It rejected the call earlier because it says it didn't recognize the sender and it didn't tell me, so I don't know. That's, it's weird. It told me, yeah, it told me that Heidi couldn't join because of her privacy settings, but yeah. yeah, but then I joined. <laughs> Whatever. And now yeah. I'm not in the pictures. Who knows? Strange. 
So um, uh, we can you can get some general thoughts, but we're at the part where Chin just got stabbed. Oh, okay. But, no, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I. Uh, this is one of my very favorite episodes of the whole show. I don't know how you guys uh, feel feel about it. Like I said, I missed your opening um, thoughts about it, but it's one of my favorite episodes. I really well, like. It. Well, yeah. So, what parts of the early episodes did you enjoy then? Well, I love how they're just sort of so completely openly um, 1984 with their with their obey signs and <laughs> trust the poor. You know, they don't even like try to put it like you know, it's not even like they live where it's behind like a holographic screen or something like that. It's it's just right there out in the open everywhere. Yeah. And um, there there's a few things that I that I notice, especially coming off of the whole Byron storyline, you get to see sort of his version of Psychor, um, and then you get to see like the actual Psychor, and you see the things that he was doing that were the same things, and you see, but you see subtle differences as well. Like, I thought it was interesting in the scene where uh, Bester brings the kids in to, to watch the, the propaganda movie, yeah. that um, when he opens the door, he's like, he opens the door, he's like, opens the door, he's like, sit. You know, that whole thing about being told to sit or being asked if you want to sit. You know, he doesn't ask if they want to watch this thing. They just like, people come in here, you will sit, and now you will watch. You know? Okay. I thought that was an interesting contrast, the whole chairs and sitting thing. Um, yeah, I, I, um, noticed something. I want to get your, um, thought on it that, um, when they were showing the mental battle between the two telepaths, you you actually saw the one that was attacking was using tentacles that were very Volon-esque, I thought. Well, I, I did think it was interesting in that, um, yes, I thought that the in the, the psychic battles actually looked both very shadow-like. I thought the tentacles were sort of more shadow-like. Ah. And that the defender was using sort of like almost like ice crystals and if we remember how the Vorlon was encased in ice um, uh, yeah. during the final battle scene okay. when they were into uh, Sheridan and, and uh, Delenn's minds there um, I thought that was yes very interesting that the aggressive attacking one had sort of these like shadow like tentacles and uh, the defender was using blades of like uh, of ice crystals sort of like Still very much, you know, using imagery that we've been associated with the kind of higher powers of the universe. Right. And you know, and I've heard I've heard some discussion as to why they waited all the way until the final season to show what telepaths see when this is kind of stuff is going on. And they said it was literally just a matter of budget. It wasn't until they went on TNT that they had the budget to have a little bit of special effects to show that kind of stuff and that, you know, if we were to ever see a reboot that they keep talking about, that uh, we might see a bit more of this kind of imagery from the get-go. So they were trying to say that the Psy, the size always see that kind of stuff when other when sides are trying their to get abilities, to their minds? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they, when, they, when, they, when they look at all around of themselves, like, they see our thoughts sort of floating around us kind of like that. See, I I, I interpreted as, and this is just my own interpretation of it, because they, they, they said, can we take a closer look? 
and they walked around to the side, and it seemed like they were really trying to use their powers to see this imagery, not that they were just seeing it normally. They actually had to, like, it seemed like they actually had to, like, use their psi abilities to see these images. That's that's how I interpreted it, but not that they just walked in and they were seeing that. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're I think you're right about that. They don't see those emanations casually, but I think that especially when they talk about how like strong emotion can overwhelm their natural, you know, guards to not look basically, you know, that they that those things can like you know like reach out from a person kind of. Oh, I mean, you're right as well, uh, that, yeah, because we've continually been told that the cycle teaches telepaths to put up walls all the time, to have their right. mental guard up all the time, they have to let it down, yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole thing with Byron's group, is that they have all those walls down, and so they just, you know, for instance, you like, you get up all these thoughts coming down the, coming down the hallway when normally mm-hmm. you have to have wide sight for that kind of thing. Uh, I'm just... I'm actually now imagining a way of doing that without very little effect. You would, you know, say, kind of do almost um, a, you know, just reuse a shot, but have have it kind of as a ghostly image um, and kind of Garibaldi walking into himself, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that shouldn't take up too much effect to do something like that. Um, I also think it's interesting, the casting... In, in this episode of these two junior psychor types, because yeah. um, Walter Koenig is not a tall man, okay? Mm-hmm. He's like maybe 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, at the most. And you look at him compared to these two actors, and he's like a beast. Like, he, they make him look like a big, beefy dude. Like, when when you compare him next to Chen, especially. Because, um, you know, you can sort of, you know, for, forgive the lady for... You know, because ladies are, you know, more more petite generally than men, you know, but that girl probably can't be taller than five feet nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like Walter Kennedy's like a big, strong man compared to that little girl. That's <laughs> why they all looked puny next to Zach. Right, yeah. exactly. That's why Zach looked like a giant because <laughs> yeah. he's like six feet tall. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just think it's funny that they're like, <laughs> like the wee people. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I definitely noticed that the other two were shorter than Walter Koenig, and I was like, I don't think Walter Koenig's very tall. I think these no, are no. very short people. Yeah, yeah. Or could they have just been making it seem like he was taller? I don't know if I you mean, can believe IMDb. I mean, or Wikipedia. Um, Reggie Lee's actually t- uh, five nine. Jeff Conway wow. is six two. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Reggie Lee then was in a ditch or something because <laughs> he appeared as shorter than Walter Koenig. Definitely did, yeah. They made they made him appear like the um, like the big the big action star sort of compared to them. It was it was really kind of funny. I thought they wanted Bester to feel special and be like Gandalf. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly, it's true. Um, Why are you walking guess, on your knees, Chen? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they have me walking in this hole. Um, but um, I thought the scene, just a, a little side note where they talk about, you know, when they're departing from the hidden ship in hyperspace, and he talks about, no, it just spends all its time in hyperspace, just like all the others. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, that Ian pointed all- that out. 
Um, yeah. 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 We're yeah. also mentioned how crowded hyperspace seems to be. You know, the occasional mundane. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like Mary Poppins' bag. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Beth, um, I I think that it's possible that Kodoth is not just outside <laughs> the station, but in hyperspace. Oh, I definitely <laughs> think that's got to be the case. Oh, she's found in the colony of lost souls in hyperspace. Yes. Oh, that's where Warren Kefir is. He's with Kodoth in hyperspace. Yeah. Or, um, you know, he's there in hyperspace and Kodoth just keeps on saying, No, go away. I don't want you. <laughs> go away. You're not wanted here. You're, ca- you're the worst character ever. No. Hyperspace hijinks. <laughs> no, no Kefir's yeah. definitely not the worst character on the show. Um, I want the stabby guy with the dodgy British accent before you. Yeah. The stabby guy with this world. Oh, oh, yeah. I- he was had a dodgy, dodgy accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's prim- like a, uh, you know, I guess we're, yeah, I guess it's like a premonition of things to come. Then if there's yeah. all these warships by the size in hyperspace. Hmm. I, want, I wanted to ask Bring it Ian. On. I wanted to ask Ian if uh, he thought that guy was really Fisher. Was, uh... No, no. Okay. The accent was too bad. It's just. Why would they just give him a random British accent? Maybe the actor's like, I can do British. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, I don't great. know because it, they've had really bad. British accents before that clearly aren't British people. It's just no, you don't have to do this. But British people, well, a lot of them are pretty good at doing American accents. <laughs> Some of them are. Yeah, better apparently than we are. Um. So Chin gets stabby, stabby, and. Yeah, Harris is talking to his partner, the shady guy. Or I, well, I missed the part where they, um, Zach tells him that he tried to call Bester and they see a video and they see a tattoo on the guy's hand. Mm-hmm. They know it wasn't Harris who did it. So, yeah, Harris is just trying to get enough money to get away. It's clear them, especially the girl being affected when they keep watching the stab over and over again. <laughs> like, back it up slowly. Make the knife go in slowly. <laughs> right. Right. Can you put that on a loop and make that a GIF? <laughs> right. Oh, you don't say GIF, do you? Oh, God. Uh, or GIF, I, sorry. I hate that pronunciation. I know. Uh, which one's the right one? I th- didn't they finally decide it's on the It's GIF, right? but no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, he said it was GIF, but nobody wants to call it that. <laughs> Choosy mother, I choose GIF. Um, <laughs> uh <laughs> Harris. Oh yeah, Harris doesn't even remember why he's there. That sucks. <laughs> I, just, uh, I would do. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna try yeah. to get some more money. I hear static. Scary for that too. Just like, uh, Psychor's after me, and I don't really remember why. Mm-hmm. Probably this terrible secret I've been keeping my whole life. It must be one of his other other personalities. Hmm. At the end, he names them. He says. uh there's the dark man and the laughing man and Harris and me. So there's at least four people in there. Yeah, they, they all tell oh, so, so oh boy! They... Anybody else hear the static? Yeah, I'll I did for a second. Yeah, it's Will. It's Will. Yeah. Yeah. You're calling from inside the matrix. Episode. <laughs> 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 no. So did it just show up all of a sudden? 
There you are. Yeah, You're no. good now. Oh, you sound yeah, fine. you sound fine. Hmm. Just don't move. Okay, I'll figure out later what might have caused that. Um, yeah, it did just show up all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so, well, I didn't hear any static, so it won't be in the recording. So <laughs> it's just you guys have to deal with that. <laughs> just be <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Um, so what were we saying? Oh, 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 so were all of his personalities telepaths that we know or do we, do we not know? Yeah, we would try to that. Um, we only know that at least two of them are. Because mm-hmm. there's the tested one. There's Harris, who's a P10. And then one of the other ones is a P12. But we don't know about the others. And he said Harris wasn't his his personality. Like, he said me as a separate from Harris. Well, they catch him at the very end, yeah. And it's all, like, turtled up. He's, uh... It's almost, it almost sounds like a child's voice, to almost, to a degree. You know, where he says, you know, he doesn't know what's going on, and he's scared, and... He says, you know, it wasn't me, it was, it was, it was all of us together, the laughing man, the dark man, and Harris and me, and we're all in it together. That's what he said. Maybe one of his personalities is Talia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's where she went. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so Bester and um, Lauren are looking at Harris's files, and they see the different writing, and then they see that video of the training session with his roommate. And they finally figure out that he has multiple personalities. How'd they get those? Get the, what, video? The writings. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, they got um, them pretty quick. Maybe they are printouts. Yeah. And different kinds of paper. <laughs> he printed them on different kinds of paper just what? for the effect. <laughs> <laughs> it <was> very weird. <laughs> I didn't hear some of uh, what was in the scene. Very, trust. very thorough investigator. He makes sure it's all exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> unless that, unless that's what the paper recycling machine does. That you know, when you print a copy, it recreates the paper exactly. Because we we see in season two that the newspaper recycles itself. What if if you put in a type of paper in one end, it's kind of, it disintegrates it, and then when it reconstitutes on the other end, the machine somehow makes a paper as it's printing it out. Sure. That'd be cool, like 3D printing the paper or something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so then all of a sudden there's like Zack and security confronting Harris and the shifty guy, and Bester's trying to talk to him. But they finally uh, stop Harris and his partner, and Bester doesn't want him hurt. Even though he shoots Bester, and Bester dies bravely to save Lauren. Oh, I missed that part mm. somehow. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I had people moving furniture, so I got distracted a lot. Um, uh, <laughs> so my living room is just filled with stuff right now. Anyway, so <laughs> Franklin says, uh, Franklin doesn't want Bester to leave because of his PP burns. PPG burns, and they talk about how Franklin really feels about him. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the scene, this is one of those scenes that, taken as a whole, like, redeems Franklin's character for me, just generally, because as an obnoxious git as he can be at times, like, this is really the core of his being, you know, like, this is who he really is. You know, this is like, post-walkabout, um, Franklin is able to 
just be this guy all the time that he was trying to be before, kind of, I think. And then he's just, he's able, it's like, no, I wouldn't let you fall. He's like, scam me. Go for it. Hmm. Yeah, Heidi's, um, hopefully we'll be back. Sorry, Beth will be back in a bit. Is Heidi, are you still on the call? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, good. Because I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, when Franklin announced that he was leaving last week, I was like, oh, <laughs> like a little bit, yeah, a yeah. little bit sentimental towards Franklin. So he announced that he was leaving, and did I just miss it? Was there any mention of it in this episode? No. No, there wasn't. Okay. But when, was this like know. a out-of-order kind of thing, or was it just... No. Really swallowed by the Matrix. Mm. Yeah. Gone. But, um... Well, because we're also on recording as well, we can't take No, because he said he's going to be leaving towards the end of the year. Oh, okay. He wasn't going to leave straight away. Hang on a second. I'm back. Okay. Sorry, I did something. I think I screwed up. (laughs) Skype just popped up something and accidentally hit just okay without thinking. Uh All right. So, uh, what were we saying? Sorry. We were just talking about the scene with Franklin and about how he... uh, Show, shows his good qualities when he says that, you know, he really wouldn't let Buster drop and uh, he can scan him if he doesn't believe him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you were, talk- yeah, we were talking about whether Franklin, uh, the last thing I heard was whether Franklin talked about leaving in this episode or not. I just think it just didn't come up. Yeah, no. I was sa- yeah, I was saying that he didn't, but last week he said he wouldn't be leaving until the end of the year. Yeah. Those bulky robes look just so... Impractical. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm oh. taking a different tactic here. Franklin's robes. Yes. Yeah, the robes he's worn since season one. Yes. Every time I see them up close, I just think they're just so impractical. It looks like a waffle weave cotton. <laughs> it just seems like that would soak up blood and effluvia and get in the, the way. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but then he'd have to change out of them straight away as soon as he got anything on them. It should be a moisture cream. It should be like Lululemon. <laughs> yeah, so the whole point of wearing things like that, is so that, they can be, is so that they can be thrown away and either bleach cleaned or, you know, just recycled. Because, or tested. Yeah, because when surgeons and doctors first started out, People thought the bloodier the doctor is, the better the doctor is. Really? Eh? Because it showed experience. It showed they were exper- an experienced doctor and they were you know, doing stuff to save people. They, But when this was going on, people didn't understand that diseases and infections could pass from one patient to another. It was also a nurse who first said that doctors should wash their hands between... Uh, patients, because yeah. before uh, before they didn't do that, they thought it was a waste of time. But it was uh, nurses who um, made the connection that for some reason, when things were cleaner, there were less infections. And uh, so, and it was, and that was like 50 years before microscopes were invented um, and microbacteria were discovered. But it was it was nurses who contributed that to. Medical cleanliness, because before doctors would just, with the same gloves even, go right from patient to patient. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when Scully has blood on her neck in the season 10 premiere of X Files after like every surgery, does that mean she's doing a good job? 
Well, she she should be cleaning herself. <laughs> she should have finished the surgery, and first thing she does should be to clean herself. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Psychor has authority over this. They're going to take the prisoners back, and apparently Zach said that he doesn't like their kind. So does that mean, that, were they saying that he said it out loud, or he was saying it in his head? No, the impression loud, I got I is that he said it out loud. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know you what see? they think they're they're proving here. I mean, they're going around saying they don't like mundane. So the way they treat humans, why, why would anybody like them? Exactly. Um, I mean, Franklin at that point could have actually said, yeah, you know, we're not all like that. Well, yeah, that's, that's mundane explaining right there. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> not a... <laughs> that's not a thing. That's mundane privilege, man. <laughs> not all mundane. So they um go back. They're going back to the mothership, and Lauren wants to give Bester a back rub or something. Oh God! Wants to give some kind of rub. Gross. <laughs> um, Six hours long. <laughs> I bet you that's probably what happened. Mm. I can picture it now. Mm. I mean, why wait? It's not like they're actually driving that thing. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, Look, I don't need my hands for this. Um, <laughs> so, she wants to... <laughs> So Laura wants to deal with the mundane, and Bester agrees. She says she's ready, and we see the sh- a body flying out of the ship, and it's the shifty guy. Oh, but oh before God. this, when we see both prisoners in the back, and they're just kind of zonked out on whatever drugs they were given. Yeah. That was kind of weird. <laughs> um, and Bester says that she's made it past the first stage, so she might be psycho material after all. So you, like, have to kill a mundane to get into the psycho? Well, be no, a psychop, psychop. Actually, you do. Oh, a psychop. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, although he says psychor in the episode, that was actually the big breaking thing between him and Byron was that they had, um, you know, they had interdicted a shuttle, like a cargo ship, and got some either I forget what it was. It was either like a te- like a blip or some kind of like dust or something off the cargo ship, and then he's like, "All right, now blow up the cargo ship and kill everybody." And Byron's right. like, like, I can't. And he's like, no, you gotta. You're gonna be my right-hand man. This is what you gotta do. He's like, there were only mundanes, remember. Right. So, and it's not clear at this point whether this is, like, a Bester thing or whether this is, like, a Psycop thing, you know? Right. Right. Uh, she's hey, gonna be... be both, really. <laughs> uh, it's gross. I was gonna say, she's gonna be his right hand for now <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I saw in the Lurkus, work, you know, <laughs> I saw the Lurkus guy that, um, one of the documents had, I guess it had like the wrong date on it. JMS kind of joked that he must be a time lord. I guess it was dated in the future. One of Harris's notes that he wrote. Well, yeah. uh, uh, people do that. People accidentally write the wrong date on things all the time. Yeah. He's just out of his mind. <laughs> or maybe he could see the future. <laughs> this is what I thought. Over this whole episode, I thought it was really interesting to see that, you know, previously you get a lot of lip service from Bester about how he cares about all telepaths, even the blips and the runaways, and how the Psychor is family and his mother and father, 
And you just see him be so callous, seemingly callous and evil, that you don't really believe him. But I think in this episode, this is the episode that really convinced me that he believes all that. Like, he really... He really does care about telepaths like a family, you know? And Yeah, I was saying earlier, though, that... <laughs> with him, though, he with him, though, it. that means my family's better than your family and everybody else, you know? And it's yeah, like, yeah. he takes it that extra level beyond just loving his people to saying, I love my people so much, I'll kill any mother that comes up and talk shit to us, you know what I mean? Uh, it's like, also, his actions go a step further as well, and he contradicts some of what he says as well. He's willing to be more ruthless than he professes to believe. Well, he he explains that though because he says that we they have to be because if they aren't, the mundanes will be, and we care about each other, and the mundanes don't care about you know. So we have to be ruthless. We have to win every time. You know, we can never lose to a runaway. We can never let them. We can never let them, you know, mess with the mundanes, you know, after we get there, because if we can't clean up our own mess, the mundanes will decide that it's their job to clean us up. And as powerful as we are one-on-one, they still outnumber us a thousand to one, you know, and so it, it gets, if you, if you've read the Psychor trilogy, it makes oh, a little I bit have, more I sense. Have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if uh, you, as an audience member, you, it makes a little bit more sense because until, the formation of the psych core between when telepaths are, are identified and the formation of the core, telepaths are hunted on Earth and there's bounties on them, all kinds of <clears throat> awful stuff like that going on. So the telepaths are terrified of something like that happening again. So that's why they are so ruthless with each other because if they aren't, the mundanes will be. And it's better for everybody if we just take, take care of it in house quietly. But extremely, you know. So, so Bester, in his twisted way, sees his his ruthlessness as protecting his rather than subjugating. Hmm. But he's also kind of at the top of that structure as well. So he's kind of we're the ones in charge as well. True, true. But he's a believer. I think, and that's the difference between him and some of the other people in the psych core, especially the ones who willingly work with shadows. Are that you know? Because Bester, for instance, you know. When he, when he finds out back in whatever it is, season four, that they're using telepaths as components of the shadow weapons, like, that, he's not going for that. You know oh, what no, I mean? Like, oh, no, it's, that's, that, other that people are using, him, you know, you know, he's, and so he would never have done that. He would never have made that deal with the shadow. And that's the difference between him and some of the other people that are in the higher ups in the side core that, he would never have allowed that to occur if he had been in charge. And uh, you know, he even says it. He's like, they're aliens trying to get there first with my telepaths, and I won't have it, you know? And he says it in that one episode with the bottom of the jail Well, in, in Dust to Dust, you know, you've got the whole thing there of Vesta um, saying never really liked the idea of Dust in the first place, but at least it's out the hands of aliens. Right, yeah. And so... You know, Bester, for all his for all his ruthlessness and stuff, he is a believer. He he loves the psychor and he loves his people. You know, in the same way that I'm sure some of the crazy Nazis, you know, and SS and Ananerva people did as well. You know, but when you when you start loving only your people and not everybody else, that's when 
that's when the uh, that's when the purges and the genocides and the holocausts start happening. Yeah, I think um, Zach made a reference uh, to that as well. <clears throat> yeah, he did. Definitely. He did. Annexing the Sudeten land or something like that. Yeah. Do we have any quotes? Oh yes, I gotta find my quotes. Hold on. Go ahead, somebody else. The one, my favorite quote from this episode. Of all the things I could drown in, music, love, the eyes of another, crocodile tears are the least appealing. <laughs> uh, Such a good uh, line. You reminded me of my quote now, because it's another better quote of, Ah, an optimist. It's been a while since I've seen one of your Oh yeah, I really like that one. <laughs> um, I have, We don't often see a sense of humor in Psychops. Reports of our depression are vastly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember um, the line, but my ears perked up when they referenced New Orleans, my former base of operations, <laughs> former home. Well, apparently it's ramping with runaway telepaths. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good thing I left. Uh, uh, no, no, just imagining, ah, so that's what the original family's doing in the 23rd century. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, well, just... I, I have one more. Um, he was dead before we got here. And Zach says, yeah, they, they told me, but I never let the facts get in the way of good grudge. <laughs> I just wonder I if Zach this is... very quippy this whole episode. Yeah, I was thinking, I wonder if Garibaldi was still chief of security and dealing with Bester all the time. How would it be different? See, Zach has just kind of taken over Garibaldi's whole place. Like, he is the quippy one now, and yeah, he's just but, sort of become Garibaldi. But at the same time, he's kind of his reason for a good request is different from uh, Garibaldi's, you know, it's kind of a yeah. bit more personal, really, because, well, personal acting in a different way, because Garibaldi's is very personal. Uh, but, you know, the whole thing is, Zach, you know, had a crush on Lita, and Bester really stumped all over Lita. Yeah. Did we do the one between Bester and Franklin, um, where Bester says, oh, come on, Doctor, we have a history here, tell the truth. You don't want me here a second more than I want to be here. And Franklin says, personally, no, but as a doctor, I have to treat all my patients equally, even the annoying, self-righteous, arrogant ones with self-important delusions of godhood. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel that, far more at home now. Now, that is another good piece of dialogue. It's kind of, yeah, it, I can feel Franklin's frustration there, or Franklin saying, I've tried to be nice to you on multiple occasions, and you've just thrown it right back in my face. Yeah. Uh, so who is Irish Men of the Week? Oh, God. <laughs> Not Bester. Oh, it's got to be Bester, totally. No, Bester is a good character, but he's not the best human of the episode. You he's know, not the best human ever. <laughs> I'd actually say Franklin, because he's actually trying to do his job and trying to be nice to someone he doesn't like. Yeah, he doesn't get as much screen time, but maybe he was a little better than best. Oh, God. (laughs) the best version of Franklin that we get. Mm. (laughs) I I can hear Beth struggling with this one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. It's one of the personalities of that guy, a good personality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can we give it to multiple personality guy? (laughs) You're both one for multiple things. I mean, Laura, no. Chen, no. Beth, hell no. Zach would have been very nice this episode, either. He would be. But he, he, but Esther, why would he be nice? 
Yes, why should he? Agreed. I can go with I can go with uh, that too. I'm leaning towards Franklin, (laughs) 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 which would make two in a row for Franklin. I could go for Franklin too. See, it's it's, maybe it's season five. (laughs) You're the tiebreaker, so. All right, Franklin. So, wow, she's probably being really good to Franklin. Do we have any aliens oh, this week? Because we weren't there, right, Beth? Let's go on. Oh, no, you're back, Beth. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Franklin's only winning because we've been absent. Uh, I think I'm delayed again. Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, do we have any aliens this week? I don't remember. Um, The, the naked pack mara. Well, we don't <laughs> oh, that's oh. right. Oh, yeah. don't oh see you, we don't Did you guys him, ever talk about that? Yeah. Uh, Did you guys talk about what, what the, what the Pachmaraz hump actually is? We just know it's something well, you don't want to think about. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's their mate. They actually reveal that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's the, not their genitalia? <laughs> no, okay. the big, the big Pachmaraz are the males. And when they mate, they mate for life and they bond for life. And the, the hump is the female Pachmaraz. They they they're like a they're like a spider crab looking thing. Uh, yeah, I did see. Yeah, see would that. they reveal that in this episode? Not in this episode. No. no. Oh, okay. Later on, they do though. It's a running joke through the season. Actually, they'll mention the Pokemon hump a few times. And okay, uh, well, when, when uh. I think it might be the episode. I don't know if they've done the episode yet where Franklin's collating all the medical data. Uh, about the different races. Oh, but... yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, that's not exactly a spoiler because he's been doing that all season. We just right. haven't right. seen it. Yeah. Um, it, anyway, yeah. though, the only alien of note really is the guy that gets bribed by Bester. The Drowsy. Oh, that the gets Drowsy. Bribed by Bester. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna vote Naked Pack for all right there was there was a really funny one that I saw in the bar when when you see Harris first enter the bar in the crowd scene. There's um oh I forget what they're called the uh, the the aliens with the butt head. Um, <laughs> and, and anyway, the the one the ones that like old people. Um, what they're called? Well, and, no, and no, no, don't worry about it. We'll go for the naked Pakmara. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just like the idea of the pack mara getting so drunk and just getting naked in the bar and <laughs> uh, <laughs> his wife going, "What are you doing? We're both naked now." <laughs> so let's do ratings. I want to start us out, Elias. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes, so um, I'm gonna give it a let's see, a solid uh, nine spaced mundanes. Ah. Still my rating of <laughs> um, <laughs> Heidi. Um, I liked this one pretty well. It it kept my attention, which uh, some of the more recentish episodes haven't been. So um, that's a good thing. I don't ever like Bester, but it was kind of nice to uh, see things, I guess, from that perspective and to. Um, and I loved the line about not everything revolves around Babylon 5 because it was just so funny because then we weren't on Babylon 5 for half the episode. Um, and I like that, like when we kind of get taken out of our uh, familiar environment on shows. So 
I liked both of those things. Um, it did have some problems, but overall, I think I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10 um, Bester fan groups. <laughs> talking uh, talking uh, about the interns. <laughs> and Beth? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, I kind of liked it. It, held, it really held my attention. Um, there were some things I didn't like like the actors and <laughs> well I didn't like the I didn't really like the character of Lauren I didn't really like the the way they portrayed Harris really I mean I feel like we could have got a little bit more of him but I liked going to the Psychor headquarters and I liked seeing Vester I mean hard as it is to say I liked seeing Vester interact with the younger Psychops or the Psychops in training um, I don't know. I, I thought, I mean, I, I hope, I, I have hope that this is leading to something. So, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, it was nice to get a break from the which alien races blasting other alien ships storyline and Garibaldi's drinking. So, uh, I appreciated that. So, I'm gonna give it seven and a half, um, short psychopaths. <laughs> mm. How about you, Ian? Yeah, well, I really do like this version of the outsider perspective over the earlier one in this season with the um, maintenance men because that one stands out in my mind and I keep on thinking it's the better one, but this clearly is the better one. Uh, seeing Psycho, as you said, Beth, that was really good to see. And overall, it was a decent episode. Um there are other episodes I do prefer over this, though, and it's still not the best Babylon 5 coming off, but it's definitely going in the right direction again. And so, um, 7.75 multiple personalities out of 10. Uh, if you have like a three quarters of a personality, does <laughs> that work? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, I think there are a few characters in this show that have three quarters of a personality. <laughs> <laughs> True. Talia Winters, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoy the episode. There's uh, you know some stuff. Well, I don't. Know, maybe I'm getting a little burnt out on Psychor right now. So, but it was nice yes. to see um, see the headquarters, and I do tend to like. Um, these change of pace episodes on TV shows. Or maybe if it, this episode had come in season two or one, I would have liked it better. You're seeing this part of the psychor, but or maybe if we hadn't had all of the Byron stuff before this. True. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I liked you know some of the characters. Um, I think I liked seeing Reggie Lee just in a different role and. Yeah, I'm fine with Walter Koenig. So overall, I'll give it 7.75 motherships. Mm. So that's the total. What is Reggie Lee in right now? Grim on NBC. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And he does a lot of, like, conventions here in Portland because that's where they film the show. But I've never met him. And the show's going off the air soon. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, I have to take off. Okay. We want to do predictions. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done predictions in a while. 
So the next episode, I was just looking that up while you were talking because I had the title wrong. The next episode is Meditations on the Abyss. I had it in the oh, abyss, Lord. but it's on the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that does, uh, that does change things, doesn't it? Um, well, Beth, I think that uh, one of our characters is meditating and communing with all of those who are in hyperspace. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, if it was in the abyss, you know, then they would actually be uh, meditating while in hyperspace. But since it's on the abyss, they <laughs> are. Uh, <laughs> um, I wonder if it has anything to do with Jakar as religious leader or... Um, this is such a Babylon 5 title, I can't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it totally is. Um, an overall prediction? I think Lanier's got to come back soon and like in a big way. Because, like, he's off training to be, like, a really cool warrior guy. (laughs) Lanier was no slouch to start with. He had pinky food down. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Maybe him and Veer have been hanging out. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like, we really haven't seen them. They're hanging out in hyperspace, probably, somewhere. Probably probably with Kodoth. I mean, you know, they've got their uh, their whole assistant... Club going on, and they're of like, course. I just realized how like, that's probably opened a bar in hyperspace. Well, yeah, yeah, and they talk <laughs> about how how horrible their ambassadors are to work for, and they just commiserate together. And mm-hmm. and I want to see that show. Said, well, you got it lucky. I got spaced within the space of an episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like these sidecore hyperspace ships are going to come into play. Um. How are we going to do all this in nine more episodes? I don't know, yeah. but we have to have a side war and we have to do this whole stupid thing with the creatures that are on the Centauri. And so let's hop to it, Babylon 5. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been treading snap, water snap. this whole season. Oh, chop, chop. <laughs> yeah, let's get this going. No, we have to get more bester than fine if that's what gets the fight <laughs> battle. <laughs> Now, is there a good commentary episode you, coming up at any point? There's something I wanted to ask both Heidi and Beth about in relation mm-hmm. to Buster, because he, I mean, I, I recognize that he's totally evil, but I love him. I love seeing him on screen. I love seeing him poke on all our heroes and talk about them. And, you know, I, 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 so, but I feel like you two don't like seeing him because he's so evil. And is it, is it that way? Do you, do you not like Walter Koenig's performance of him and you don't want to see him on screen because he's so evil or do you do you like that like delicious evilness of him the way that I do uh, for me personally and it wasn't so much in this episode because I thought it was he was pretty good in this episode but in the past I have had a problem with Walter Koenig's performance and it has not appealed to me and I felt like I just didn't like some of the ways he read his lines and I think that bothered me as well as Bester being a total... I don't even know what to say. Mm. So, so Bester as a character is easy to hate, for sure. But also I did have an issue with the performance, so... It wasn't... But this episode, for me, it really wasn't that... I didn't really have a problem with Walter Koenig performing, so I had no problem with Bester, that, you know, other than the fact he's a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I've been trying to take a look at uh, the episodes coming up, and I'm not sure. It might might not be until episode 18 in terms of episode commentary. Okay. All right. Just checking. 
Because things happen. I know things happen, but 18 is definitely one that I think would work as a commentary. Okay. Okay, All right, well, I'm going to... I'm going to hop off then. So thanks, um, Eddie. Uh huh. Oh, and I'll be out of town next week, so I will not be up for recording. Okay. 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 All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Yeah. All right. So let's hop on the mothership and go to Feedback Land. Feedback Landia. (laughs) Um. First, we have a comment from Board Ninety (laughs) Nine. Ford says, okay, so this one I remember. Actually, I think it's one of the very best season five episodes. And it's very much a season five episode. One of those skewed, let's do an episode about this episode. So there's, that's there because season five had to be padded out. Obviously, it's not an important episode. And I can see how someone impatient for the overall plot to advance might find it irritating to spend time exploring how Bester looks from the perspective of his fellow Psychor loyalists. But Bester has been a significant okay, secondary... Okay, what? Sorry? Sorry, I'm way delayed. Oh, yeah, you're... Yeah, you're uh, just, uh, um, um, okay. This was us talking to Claire earlier because she was delayed by a lot. <laughs> it's like... Um, oh, dear. Uh, Beth is At least we're on uh, feedback. Um, yeah. So, but Bester has been a significant secondary character in the show as a whole, and I, for one, don't mind spending a little time with this version of him. Thank you, Bord. Yeah, thank you. I'll and... just quickly take uh, Mara Bead. <laughs> ah, I hate this episode. Fortunately, the season gets really good after this episode. And thank you, Mara Bead. <laughs> thank you, Bord, as well. Sorry. <laughs> but it's a really quick comment from Mara Bead there. Uh, um, next. Uh, oh. Uh, Hello. Yeah, we've got you again. Hello. Every breath. Well, I switched to my 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 iPhone because I was on my iPad. So after I switched to that, now I'm back on my iPhone. Okay. How delayed am I? Uh, um, seems fine now. Okay. That that email, from what I heard of it, really made me nervous because he's talking about this just being a one-off and getting back to the real story. What is the real story of the season? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't want it. Okay? We already did the, the Psy group, which was horrible. And now we're what? What is the real story? Is it just a stupid plot about a worlds getting attacked? Is that the real story of the season? Please somebody tell me. We can't tell you. This is... You know, a intro cast, and that would be spoilers. Uh, no, but he, but he just said in the email that this was like a one-off, and we're getting back to the real story, and now I'm worried. I think he was just talking about in the pace of the, uh, in the pace of the season, like this particular episode is uh, it's, um, more, point- more of a more of a universe sort of filler rather than yeah, universe building. And we're seeing it from the point of view of Bester and the cycle rather than of. I call great. I don't like it. I'm worried. <laughs> and... Already, this season is not my favorite at all, and I thought we were going to get that Next email is from Andy, and I scanned it. I'm not. Um, I know who can do a Cockney accent, <laughs> or just read it however you want to. Whoever wants to take Andy's email. Anybody? I'll have a go at it because <laughs> I'm the closest, you know, I'm in the UK <laughs> and I might just get this just about right. Um, I think it's a copy. The corpus mother. The corpus father. 
Hello, peoples, at down below. No, no, now I'm going Cornish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Harris's partner? Vince Ricotta as Royce. He ain't a Cockney accent. Looks as well as sounds like uh, Crime Lord. Johnny Allen from EastEnders. And now I'm going really brummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm really not good with accents. <laughs> I could probably build up a whole mashup with Garbardi um, and as... As the mark of rivers. You and Bennett are probably won't do that. <laughs> I really can't do accents. <laughs> Still, I found an old English directly. So, did David Orkney translate online? Okay. No, no, no. No, this just doesn't work. Okay. I'll try and just go and say this normally from now on, because that just doesn't work. Yes, but I Did agree. you see, uh, did you enjoy spending time with... Al Bester, Al Iways, Dress Council, Pool Overs, almost. Yes, Mr. Kenning was acting up all aspects of, uh, paternalism and gosh. The cycle have a few, have a fleet of massive ships in hyperspace. The telepath war would have gotten cosmic very and very ugly. Okay. Zach's intimidation of Bester when he arrived on Babylon 5 was basically, he's the man. Well, Zach's line is much like Garibaldi before him, rogue telepath. Boyaha. Psycho. <laughs> um, very powerful as you've been turned down. No, no, that, that just doesn't make sense. Sorry. <laughs> It's, all, it's a, a cliche, um, we've all gotten to like, as from this point, uh, uh with the Byron story art. Franklin is also, um, undermined investor, uh, although he's trying to act compassionately, I think that's what that is. And that's fun. Briggs is a clever one, if you know what I mean. Um, I can write. Yeah, yep. now we can. Okay, um, our, we should tell our listeners that this email is written in a very, in a way that you can pronounce it in a Cockney accent, but that everything's misspelled, so that's why it's, it's hard to uh, Yeah, well I was trying with the Cockney, Cockney accent before, but yeah, this, just... this paragraph just has words that aren't even... <laughs> Accented, um, because there's too many, um, there's, you know, there's, there's too many letters missing, there's too many hyphens, and it's just, no. Uh, although he ends it with, uh, uh, he he ends it, uh, more or less, apart from giving us, um, links to the translation with Bacon Round Eaters, Mind Readers, Lord of Earth. Uh, yeah, that, that's rhyming sound that really hardly any people use, really. <laughs> uh, it's funny, uh, I'm just looking at the, the way it's written, and I think if somebody with an American accent tried to read this, it would be hilarious, because it's like, Zach's imitation of Bester when he arrives on 5v5 with Baldy. He's the man. Well, Zach's line is much like Garibaldi's before him. Rogue telepark, viv of a psycho, very powerful as to be undid down. It's a cliche, and I think we all would have liked to have seen this point of view format. <laughs> yeah, well... That's a lot well, of I would have, have got stuff like 
the accidentation of Roy Mester when he arrives. <laughs> you know, now I'm going Geordie, which is <laughs> what happens when I read stuff like this and try to read it like it's written because I try and do it on the accent. Uh, the way, re- trying to read it phonetically, my accent's going all over the place. Uh, thanks, Andy. And, uh, oh, you try, yeah. Andy. Yeah, uh, th- thanks for trying, but it just wouldn't work for me. Um, next we have an email from Laurie and Carl. I'm sorry, but you're my favorite feedback is Laurie and Carl. I'm always looking forward to what <laughs> you've got to say. Sorry, everyone else, but they are. Well, they, they write in a lot, too, so that helps. Yeah. We have a lot of good feedbackers, but we, we always do. enjoy we Laurie and Carl. Um, oh, is it my turn? Okay. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Hello, Ambassadors, Commanders, and Visitor. Based upon the episode title, Carl predicted Bester, and also that it might be a non-main character-focused episode. Why is he wants credit for quotes. getting that one right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting that there have been more than one of these types of episodes this season, though this was not like the view from the minor characters episode. Overall, the episode was interesting as a closer look into what drives the telepath and what they are thinking. Even at Earth headquarters, they all seem a bit crazy and creepy. But maybe having those sorts of powers just makes that inevitable? Thoughts? I think that might be part of the case. Though we did see, I mean, yes, I mean, are there any non-crazy or creepy telepaths? I mean, even Lita's a little... I would have used to say Lisa, but yeah, she's lost her right to be not creepy. Yeah. So that's, I don't it's, think the Psychor helps things. Hold on, hold on. Somebody moving the mic around. Like, it's not doing it now, but like every couple of seconds, there's like a grinding, sliding. Mm, I heard it, but I, I thought it was, you know, I'm not sure what it was. Well, okay. is it mine? I'm not moving anything, but. No, no sometimes... it's not doing anything now, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carl, I'm going to, oh yeah, I'm going to continue. Carl thought that the sets at Psychor headquarters were a bit mundane, uh and not very (laughs) high-tech. Good one. E.g., there were real normal doors to the Psychor rooms. The signs spread about were a nice touch. There is a list of all of them in the Lurker's Guide. So, was the girl Lauren just a bit over the top? (laughs) I do think it was intentional, and it was obvious she was ladder climbing, or trying to. Yeah, she was trying to climb his ladder. Oh. Carl pre- <laughs> Not a very high ladder, but right. Uh, there's more rustling now than was anyway. Um, Carl predicted that at least one of the two protégés would die. Ambassadors? I guess no. I didn't even think about it. Um, so it was not surprising when the guy was murdered. However, did you all notice that Lauren did not seem at all upset or phased by it? Guess she was really is ready to be the next bester. I mean, I guess she had like a small expression on her face. And she saw the video, but yeah. Yeah, I would disagree with that interpretation. him. I think she was trying to keep together in front of a mundane with what was going on. Um, so the last scene where Lauren was so eager to space the mundane, very creepy. With those very powerful ships in hyperspace, how much of an advantage would they have over the mundanes in a telepath war? Thoughts? Well, this is a good question because we haven't really seen that they have much of ability to, like, other than Lita... To have much of ability to do things over great distances. So, in my opinion, unless they were using like some kind of blackmail of finding secrets or they were kidnapping people, I mean, it doesn't seem like they would have an overall advantage. 
Um, Unless that's the reason why they're keeping the ships in hyperspace, and the ships will be used for hyperspace to amplify all of the powers of the so-called members on board, so they can be even more powerful. Because mm-hmm. we all know that um, hyperspace um, enhances psi abilities. Yeah, so who knows? That could be the reason why they're building them there. Where is their budget coming from? Anyway, continuing. Where was Garibaldi? He must have been off the station, else he would have known Vesta was there and certainly would have appeared. Oh, yeah. Unless he's down the uh, bottom of a bottle. Yeah. I wonder if alcohol and, um, dulls. The um the thing in his brain that prevents him from harming Vester. Anyway. Uh Lori's rating. Seven out of ten obey signs. Human. Lauren, the creepy telepath girl, just because she was so over the top, it was somewhat entertaining. Alien Drossy. Carl's ratings. One. Bracket five. Interesting, but not as good as it could have been. It did not really give us any new information or deeper insight about the core. It felt like an episode of the week in a sidecore show. It was also disappointing that the multiple personality disorder was not better explained or made more believable as something due to the size abilities. Note, multiple personality disorder, as it's, it is too often portrayed on television, is not accurate at all. Species, Drazi. Human, bartender. Ship, mothership. Set, psychor briefing room. Death of a gambler. Plot, Zach is sort of racist. Ruling relationship. Very forward telepath come-ons. Back rub? Really? Flora, Psychor Giant Garden. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, there was a shot of um, a bit of stuff outside Psychor, and the plants were a lot rather big. It's interesting, well, make, the idea of Zach being a racist. <laughs> um, because has he ever encountered a nice telepath? A nice a nice Psychor person? That wasn't well, like TV. There was Lita, but... Yeah, I guess. She, re- she rejected him. Exactly. She rejected him for the hippie. Oh, he was... <laughs> yeah, whatever happened with that. Oh, goodness. Okay. Pizza and all that. Yeah. Okay. Um, dramatic moment. Can I please kill the mundane? Comedic moment. When you realize Buster is the most likable character in the episode. Shut your mouth. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Actor. Dex Elliott Sanders as Jonathan Harris, rogue telepath as he was much better than their average guest actor. What would Sinclair do? Appear in the episode. Oh. <laughs> that is all. Thanks, Laurie and Carl. Thanks, thank you, guys. Carl. Well, yeah, thank you both of you. Sorry. Our final email Sorry. is from Yan. Yan says, Hello, down belowers. Here's a bit of feedback for Babylon 5, Season 5, Episode 13, The Core is Mother, The Core is Father. So we see the inner sanctum of Psychor on Earth. Bester is sent to his favorite place to find the perpetrator of a rather brutal murder. A mind shredder sounds positively awful. Oh, Psychor has a secret mothership. Oh yes, Zach just loves seeing Bester. It never fails. Okay, they find that the telepath on the run has multiple personalities, so they misjudge his rating after all. Chen is murdered right when he found the trail. The two young telepaths were just like young puppies when they were assigned to Bester, weren't they? Lauren hyperspaces the mundane. Favorites human Zack, alien, drowsy, lying, trying to lie to Bester. Quotes, Bester, destination, boss, your favorite place in the universe, Babylon 5. Uh, Bester, no, we don't make those kinds of mistakes. Uh, Lauren, you don't let go, do you? Bester, no, to tell 
you the truth. Lauren, there are some days I think that's a good thing and other days I'm not so sure. Writing this, uh, this episode feels much like a standalone episode that does not further the plot, but serves to increase the depth of the Babylon 5 universe. Not particularly favorite B5 episode to me, so I read it 7 out of 10 Spaced Mundanes. Oh, I love people like the Spaced oh, Mundanes, right? Oh, yeah, thanks, yeah, that's the end. Okay. Thanks for all the feedback, everybody's always great. Um, so we did predictions, okay. Ah. I guess we're done. So, Elias, thanks for jumping in on this episode. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was you. good to hear from you. We haven't heard from you in a in a while, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> have you back? Yeah, I've, been, I've been a little crazy busy, but I've been following you guys. So I've been listening. Oh, you. good. Nice, no, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Well, if you see another episode later on this season, be sure to let us know. I will. Yeah, actually, I have a lot more freedom now that I'm my performance group. We pretty much perform like. Uh, like three, four days of the week uh, during the summertime, and now that thing is over, I've got a lot more free time. So, okay. I uh, a lot of people hate season five, understandably. I'm I'm a bit of an apologist for season five when it comes to certain things, but uh, based I, on what we've seen so far, or based on like the whole season, like AKA gets better. Um, kind of both. I I don't hate the character of Byron the way a lot of people do. I in the in the in the same way that I don't hate Bester because I think that he's a deeply flawed person. His character is a deeply flawed person who has had an awakening and is trying to do the right thing, but because of his background and all the trauma and weird shit that he had to go through, living in, as part of the psychops and stuff like that. He just has no conception of like actually how to do something positive and truly, truly healthy for his people. He just, all he knows is the stuff that Psychor taught him. But all he knows how to do is to like fight them using their own kind of interact with the world. I mean, he still has the same chip out on his shoulder about mundanes that they do. He just doesn't blatantly go around killing them, you know, the way Psychor does. And, you know, he still wants psych, psych he still wants telepaths and mundanes to be separate. He just wants them to have their own homeworld and be free of the cycle. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a slightly different opinion about Byron and some of that storyline. Um, I guess maybe just because I'm sort of an activist myself and, and sympathetic to oppress people a lot, and you know, like I'm a big supporter of Black Lives Matter and those kinds of issues. So, I'm, you know, I'm sympathetic as a person to those kinds of storylines, and and I see in Byron and the way he does things, what we see a lot is someone who is like a revolutionary and then once there's actually like law and order again, they don't know how to be anything but a crazy revolutionary, you know, and like so just just mess everything up and 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 don't know how to actually like make a real thing that's gonna move forward into the future out of like all the you know, they're just like too traumatized from their own experience to do anything positive. And they have too too much personal ego to Realize that and step aside and let other people move, move, move the cause forward. So, um, yeah. And the rest of the season really picks up story wise, in my opinion. The storyline about the ships has become a real important one. And, um, you know, the, especially the final few episodes of the, se- of the season, I think are really, really good. So all that, all that being said, yeah, I think season five isn't quite as bad as some people. Just like, I don't think season one is quite as bad as people. 
like to say. It's just that the other seasons are so good that compared to compared to them, season one and season five are weak, sort of in their own ways. But I'm I love Babylon Five as a whole, though, as like one whole thing. So I, I like I see it all in in that sort of context and perspective. So I appreciate it for what it is. I don't I don't molly coddle its its faults, but I. I I do appreciate what's there. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you definitely made up for your absence. Uh, that is we all we. Oh, sorry. Uh, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with meditations on the abyss. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Be seeing you. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 